Today's episode of Recovery Survey is fueled by Brainwash Coffee Company. I'm sure you've heard that drug and alcohol use is on the rise, especially during the pandemic. And Brainwash Coffee Company is working to raise money and awareness to support people seeking help. They donate 50% of their profits and their mission is to give back to the amazing recovery community. Their why is bold and their coffee is fresh. So if you want to sip on an amazing brew that warms your mind, body, and soul, then visit brainwashcoffeeco.com and use promo code recovery survey at checkout to get $5 off your first order. Brainwash Coffee Company, simple coffee for complicated people. You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. I've been through two, three year plus sober stints. And then I, in between, I went back and attempted moderation to like 0% success rate. So in the last 10 years, I've had vast experiences with sobriety, relapses, moderation attempts, starting over the whole thing. My guest today is named Matt Gardner. He is a fellow recovery podcaster and coach. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hi there, everybody. My name is Matt Gardner, and I'm a recovery sobriety coach, sound therapist, and fellow podcaster. Welcome to the show, Matt. Glad to have you on, man. Yeah, dude. Thanks so much. And yeah, uh, happy to be here. Happy we're able to do a, you were able to give me a mulligan. I want to say to your audience, I had a, I had uh, accidentally uh, kind of forgotten about our first time. So this is my uh, my redemption podcast. So thanks, uh, Brett, and thanks to the listeners for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's not a big deal. If if you knew the number of times I had been stood up by guests <laughs> <laughs> and nobody well, really knows because we don't ever really talk about it on the show, but there's been a lot of people that have stood me up or had to reschedule or whatever. So it's it's not a big deal, man. That's funny. Well, it's like, you know, and we were kind of joking about in the preamble, it's like, you know, the, uh, the nature of, of the business that we're in, you know, with recovery and all that, you know, there's, there's a few uh, dead brain cells along the way there. So, and you know, myself included, so, (laughs) so that'll happen. (laughs) Right. I like to be honest about it. Oh, for sure, man. And I've, I've told my wife and I don't know if I've ever ever said it on the show, but if it's not on the calendar on my phone, it's not going to happen. Like I, I just don't remember. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness for these things. Right. Absolutely. As I hold up my cell phone. Yeah. At this point it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm as much AI as I'm uh, a human being at this point, as far as the phone goes. Definitely, man. Well, I'd love if you wouldn't mind sharing with us how you got into the podcasting. I want to hear about the coaching. You said something about sound therapy. You got yeah. me intrigued. I just want to hear more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So I do a podcast called Beyond Recovery, and that's uh, I do that through Spreaker. So you can find me that way. Uh, you know, you can find it at you know, it's the usual, the usual suspects. You can find me Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere that you'll find podcasts. So Beyond Recovery, there's a few different like Beyond Recovery podcasts beyond recovery, blah, blah, blah. There's a few out there. Mine has a, it's like a kind of a turquoise, not turquoise. What would it be? Like a Navy-ish logo with like some mountains and a stream in front. So that way you'll know it's a very distinct logo. You'll be able to find me that way. And I believe my name is attached to it as an author. So easy to find me that way. Uh, I've been doing that for, I want to say two and a half months. Uh, we're recording it in mid-June. So I started, yeah, beginning of April. And you know what? I just, I, I got into the 
the Instagram sobriety community and found it to be just so, there's so many interesting people and so many proud, proud, newly sober, or, you know, anybody from like five days in to like 50 years in, right. And every person in between, everybody's super supportive, engaging with each other. And I was like, man, this is, you know, I had been doing podcasting for years, uh, the music podcast and a few other ones, like a growth mindset podcast. I'm like, you know what? I, at that point, pivoted uh, professionally into sobriety coaching and recovery coaching. So I'm like, this is really going to go hand in hand. And this is a great way to network and, and just, uh, you know, get to know some, some folks and where they're coming from, get my name out there as well. So it's a lot of, it's a win-win. So basically, you know, people will come in and um, nothing new under the sun as far as the format, but uh, you know, you and I also were talking about earlier, this type of thing it isn't just like one specific show that people will listen to. It's like, you know, uh, with like quit literature, like it's going to be like, okay, what books are out there? What podcasts are out there? Who's sharing? It's all about like a true community. So I, I get the impression that like, if somebody's going down the road of the route of sober podcasts, they're going to be listening to four or five. And it's almost like going to like, you know, an AA meeting or a support group meeting. Cause you get all these different people and their stories and you're hearing your story through them at different points. And it's just, it really alleviates that, uh, you know, that feeling of being alone or shame, right. You're hearing somebody laughing about something that you used to be shameful about. And they're kind of like, ha, ah, and I did this and that, you know, and then you can have that point of release, whether it's like laughter or, or you know, crying or whatever it may be. Right. So and it's just, dude, it's such a rewarding thing to do is have somebody come on and just create a space, a safe space for them to, you know, be vulnerable. And, uh, you know, there's no need for persona, right? It's just come on, you know, tell your, tell your story as honest and as ugly as you want to get with it and as, as honest and uplifting as you want to get with it, right? So it's been a while. I've just met some wonderful people with some crazy, wonderful stories. There's a lot of parallels when you look at the broad strokes between recovery stories, but then there's a lot of like little nuances as well as for, and dude, like just the stories of, of triumph are, are so uplifting and it just energizes me and, and gets me through, uh, you know, it helps me get through my, my own stage of recovery. I'm happy to say I'm, uh, you know, over three years sober now, uh, my sober date was in April 8th of, uh, earlier this year. So three years and three months, I guess, at this point. So it all kind of, you know, timing's everything all sort of went hand in hand with my three year sobriety is when I had really decided I'm going to niche off into the sober coaching and start the podcast. It was all kind of hand in hand, right at the beginning of April there. So that's the story with that. Um, yeah. How I got into coaching is I'd been doing, um, I'd been working at a, uh, a local grocery store here up in Canada. I'm up in Edmonton, Canada. And there's one called, it's like overweighty food group, which ended up becoming save on foods. It's like a regional kind of Western Canadian uh, grocery store chain. And I had literally got hired when I was 16 years old and, you know, I turned 40 last summer. So it was like 20, 23 years. I was working for this company from like part-time punk kid, you know, punk kid closing the bakery, you know, in my hometown of Prince George, all the way up to assistant store manager and pretty much every job in between. Right. So I've been doing that for years and I just the last couple of years, um, you know, I felt fairly unfulfilled with the job and, you know, I liked elements of it, but I was really finding it's kind of like when you're in a relationship with somebody and you're kind of justifying why you're still there. You're like, yeah, but there's like good benefits. So like I should, you know, but anytime I was thinking, okay, I, you know, all I have to do is, you know, work, work there for the next 15 years. And as soon as I'd say that to myself, I would just feel myself like lock up and I'd feel this like pressure. 
And I was just like, eh, that's not it. Something, something's not right here. So, uh, you know, last summer I ended up taking a six month sabbatical from this job, um, just to kind of reset. I'd never taken any amount of time like that, especially like six months off, you know, other than maybe a week here or a week there, I'd never taken that much time off really. And, um, you know, basically right away in the, in that sabbatical, like I think morning one or two, I had this voice in my head, just kind of come, come to me and said, like, you're not going back. And I was like, Oh, hmm, interesting. I don't know where that came from. It's uh, and I just had this, yeah, this kind of like intuition. I, I, I just kind of kept following through, through those six months and about two months in it's just, it was like one of those things like, okay, I'm just going to like, whatever the universe tells me, whatever the world shows me, I'm just going to follow that. So it was kind of, it was really cool. I was, I was, um, doing a lot of learning and courses and expanding, you know, expanding who I was and, and who I believed, you know, I, I could be and, and things of that nature. And, uh, about two months in, I got introduced to this coaching program and it's done Mark England at in lifted, which is a fantastic coaching program. And that really gave me some direction and some, okay, this is what I can do. And this is what I want to do with my life. A little more of like performance coaching, uh, life, sort of a more, broad strokes, life coach kind of program. And of course you can niche off with it as, as you want to. And so I, I got through and lifted and I decided, you know what, my roots and my personal life experience are in the recovery and sobriety field. That's a big part of my, my life. So it's a, you know, I think for me, it was to turn to what I have experience with in order to really firm up on something as far as, okay, I can tell my story so people can, you know, trust me because they know I've been through what they've been through, if that makes sense. So, so I ended up getting a recovery coach certification as well. And, uh, by that time the clock had run up on my six month sabbatical. So I was like, okay, uh, I'll go back. And the idea initially was to step back from being assistant store manager into a lesser role and kind of have this overlap of, you know, slowly growing my coaching, uh, program where in the meantime, I could work, you know, full-time, still pay the bills, yada, yada. Uh, it came, became fairly apparent. Uh, I did that for about four months and I just realized it was like, I was living two separate lives. There was this one, you know, my coaching, this new exciting thing that's, I feels very expansive and feels like it's my heart's calling. And then it's like the old me, you know, this, like this, it was like a lobster trying to go back in its, its old shell or something. I don't know if lobsters do that, but you get what I mean. <laughs> you get the spirit of what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, so it was kind of like trying to fit these two worlds together and integrate this new me with like this old reactionary, like, you know, 20 years of, you know, triggering behavior and, you know, uh, from this old job. Right. I granted, like, I, I think I just sort of ran my course, take out the, I think I had ran my course with that job. And, uh, so after about the, the fourth month, I put my notice in at that job and just cut off cleanly, which is a big stage for me because I've always been a plan B guy. I've always liked having options and I've always liked having a bit of a safety net. I'm not necessarily one of those people, especially if I'm going into like entrepreneurial something or other, you know, venture, I, I don't have any but either side of my family that have really ever been entrepreneurs. So it was, it was a, it felt very risky for me to do, but at that stage in the game, I felt like I was ready to do that. Uh, I, I felt like the six month sabbatical the previous year had really been that six months for me to kind of try that on in a fairly safe area, you know, get through all the, like the imposter syndrome and self-doubt and, and uh, learning how to, uh, you know, look at your bank account every week and have it steadily going down. I had saved for the six months off, but when you're used to getting paid every Friday for 20 plus years and that first Friday comes, 
you can't psychologically prepare for that. You know, you try to, but then you go in and you look and you're like, Ooh, that feels a little bit different. So I had to do some, uh, some energy work and some like healing work on money and like understanding what money is to me and what's behind money. You know what I mean? As far as like, okay, security, self-worth, I didn't realize how much I had tied up with my own personal worth with being paid every Friday. So that was kind of a head trip for me. It was something for me to work on. And there's these things that you don't know until you expose yourself to them and experience them. So, you know, that first six months of that sabbatical was really uh, crucial for me to, as much as I had expanded myself in my personal life, and I've always been into like, you know, uh, lifelong learning and, you know, podcasts that really expand your mind and, and keep you on that growth mindset. Um, in the meantime, though, when you're starting something so new as, you know, uh, starting your own business, regardless of how much you've done in your personal life, there's still going to be that newness and that inexperienced sort of rookie mentality that you bring to your rookie year, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's frustrating for me because I'm, I can see myself do it, which is good in one sense, because I have the awareness that, okay, I'm getting worried about this. I have this like kind of survival instincts kicking in, but I can calm myself down and realize the only reason is because it's new. And just, so just calm down, take a step back. You've done this, you've done this. You kind of focus on what you have done and what you're working on and what you're working towards versus, you know, what, what is lacking at this point. And there, you know, there is some things lacking, right. As, as you're building yourself up, you know, it takes a while to network. It takes a while to get your name out there. It takes a while for people to trust you. And, you know, there's no, real substitution for that. There's no substitution for experience. There's no shortcuts for experience. There's no shortcuts for people getting to know you. And there's always going to be a bit of a gap between how I'm hoping I'm presenting myself versus how people are actually, you know, viewing me. Right. So realizing all these things as you go is, um, you know, it's, (laughs) it's simultaneously, uh, incredibly satisfying and very challenging. And, uh, it, it really does challenge you, um, you know, as far as, uh, um, you know, that self-doubt little gremlin does come up and goes, you know, like you're putting a lot of work in here, but you're not getting much return and blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, well, again, just going to harken back to the, the six months that I took off last year, I got a lot of that, that volume on that particular gremlin, I've turned way down still there. And I get the impression it it happens with even real high performers that have a lot of experience. There's always that little bit of self-doubt. So I'm at that stage where I've really turned that down. So yeah, that's kind of the coaching, the coaching thing, my origins of that. And then sound therapy is uh, I've been a musician for 20 plus years, uh, but growing up child of the nineties, I was big into, you know, Rage Against the Machine, Tool, all the grunge stuff. Right. And it's such a, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Nostalgia wise. I love that stuff still, but the messaging and like the imagery, like you're thinking Alice in Chains, there's so many, like so much dark, you know, the rock and roll lifestyle, right. Which is totally not what I'm about. I definitely was at one point, uh, but I'm not about that anymore. So I'm finding myself very, um, very getting into, yeah, like the frequency healing stuff, sound healing. I'm fascinated with the power of music. In a different sense, though, I've pivoted off the power of music of, okay, I'm listening to, you know, Rage Against the Machine, and they they are making me feel that, like, alienation or that frustration to the world. That was how I, I viewed as music being super important, or blues music. It's like, 
you know, has this, um, this feeling that, you know, it's empathetic, right? It's like, it's bluesy and it makes you feel sad, but it's uplifting at the same time because you're hearing somebody express themselves in the way that you'd love to be able to express yourself. So I've always, the power of music has always been there. And for me to be able to express myself in a more abstract way when I'm healing or figuring something out has been crucial for me in my life and my recovery. So music therapy and such. So now it's just getting into like the sound therapy side of things where instead of listening to like angry music, I'm listening to healing music. So it's just sort of a slight pivot into that. So getting into like the sofregio frequencies, which are basically based on your seven chakras, there's a frequency that, um, you know, that helps kind of alleviate tension or, uh, you know, provide some healing to certain energy centers in our body is the, uh, you know, the, I guess the pseudoscience behind it. Uh, there is, I'm, I'm going to mention though, there is one frequency that if anybody wants to look it up, I, I believe in it a lot. And I think there's a lot to do with like pharmaceuticals. So the science side and the pseudoscience, a lot of it is in your head. There is some placebo effect to varying degrees, depending on what you personally believe. So I, you know, I'm, you know, imagination can, can be reality. And, and if, if you believe in, that something is helping you and you're getting results, at the end of the day, does it really matter if it's scientifically proven? I venture to say, no, it doesn't matter. So, you know, that the whole chakra healing frequency thing, like I'm, I'm, I went down the rabbit hole and it's very, very interesting stuff. And I love it. I love, you know, um, things that have many layers. So when you're talking chakra healing frequencies, it's like, you got a color, you got, you know, sort of a body rate, you know, you got a range in your body, uh, that you're, you're faced with, there's a frequency that's attached, there's characteristics. So I kind of like all that kind of, you know, that stuff that's like, okay, there's layers to, uh, each of the seven chakras and, and how it, uh, you know, uh, goes hand in hand with sound therapy and stuff. So I really like nerding out on that stuff personally. And then it gives me some parameters creatively when I am creating something instead of just blank slate, I have, okay, write something for chakra number one. And okay. I got some red imagery. I said 396 Hertz, yada, yada. So it has this built-in uh, you know, parameters, which I work very well with creatively. So, you know, um, that's, that's more or less, I just have my, my new sound therapy album is coming out. My first one that I've done comes out uh, the first day of summer. So it'll be June 21st and that'll be, uh, it's Matt W Gardner and the album's called expansion first. So I had to do the W because there's a, an, an imposter, Matt Gardner. I'm going to call him out right now on your <laughs> podcast. No, he's a, he's a, he's a very talented musician out of, I believe South Africa. He's Matt. He already got Matt Gardner. So I couldn't, I, I, uh, I had to use the middle initial. So Matt W Gardner, I uh, have a look there and yeah, it's all like the Sofagio frequencies. So it kind of tells a story or a journey uh, as you go like up from the root chakra to the crown chakra. So the first seven songs are kind of the, the, the journey, the frequency journey with some instrumentation on top of the frequencies, of course, uh, as you go from uh, the root chakra up uh, through a release through your uh, crown chakra. So it's kind of has a, a sound journey feel to it, like a sequential sound journey feel. And then I have four extra tracks on the end that are basically uh, the directions like east, uh, north, west south and it kind of tells the direction of that and there's some other things that are tied in with those as well so really good like meditation tracks um and again oh sorry i want to just uh reiterate the 528 hertz if anybody wants to google just even one of those sofagio frequencies 528 hertz there is a ton of uh like science actual science behind that specific one 
as far as like what, how the, the healing effects it has on the body and on like, even like DNA and, and different things like this. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. There's actually some really, uh, really good articles about how it helps with like hangovers even. So anybody that's, uh, that's listening to this, that's in recovery or early sobriety, uh, check that out. It's incredibly interesting. 528 Hertz. I'm definitely going to look that up after, after we finish recording this episode. Yeah. I'm, do it, I'm man. Intrigued. Yes. And, yes. And, uh, this episode is going to be coming out a couple days after your album comes out. So if people are listening to this episode, your album has been released and there's going to be a little link right there in your show notes. If you scroll down and you can find the album that we were just discussing. Beautiful. Thanks for the opportunity. That's great. Absolutely, man. And I, I just love all the different things you're working on and, Man, that I feel like there had there that 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 had to have taken on so much courage to to leave this job that you were at since you were a teenager and venture out on your own, start your own practice with with doing the coaching and stuff. Like I, I I'm I'm trying to visualize it in my own life, and I'm just it's terrifying to think about like leaving the stability of like you're saying like the weekly paycheck and. I, I feel like I've fallen into that routine too, where like, I know I get paid on this day. It's going to be this much. Then I know two weeks from now I'm going to get paid. It's going to be this much, like kind of falling into that rut of like, I know what it's going to look like. And I don't know if I could do that, man. Like that's, that's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know what? And if you had asked me even like a year and a half ago ish, I'd say maybe two years ago, I was at not a chance. There's no way there's too much riding on me staying there. My monthly bills are too high, you know, <clears throat> but like anything, if you just focus on it, I, I have got my monthly bills down to the lowest I've had them since probably I'm like early twenties. So there's different ways you can do that. And like, I, you know, granted I had to take some of my you know, pension money that I got from, from, a you know, from the job after quitting it, I got like X amount of dollars that I had to, uh, you have to by law roll into an extra, like an RSP. So I can't touch them for, which is great. Cause I would have done that anyways, but I did get a lump sum of money. So out of that lump sum of money, I set myself up to just lower my monthly bills as best I could. So anything that was like monthly, I really, I just did an audit. I'm like, do I need you know, Netflix, do I need, you know, all these streaming services, there's a bunch of subscription services that granted they look like seven, eight bucks and they are, but like the amalgamation or like the combination of all of them, all of a sudden it, you, you take out 60, 70 bucks there. But the big ones, the big hitters for me was uh, I refinanced my house. I'm going to be honest. Like that was uh that was my, I guess my entrepreneurial story where everybody's like, Oh yeah, I put my house on it. Not quite, but I refinanced my house. So that's kind of my uh, romantic entrepreneur story. Right. And, uh, you know, to get the, 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 uh, the mortgage payments as absolutely low as I could. So refinance it that way. Um, so that was big. Uh, and then the monthly bills, the big guys, like your insurance, um, you know, like, so car and auto insurance, uh, my property taxes, uh, big chunks or like subscriptions to, uh, like Kartra is where I do my coaching program out of. So that's like my uh, course and my, you know, email lists and so forth. 
uh, those ones are big. So basically paying all those off for the next year. So I gave myself about a year's worth of breathing room because I knew what that feeling was of that, like that money, like kind of nipping at your heels. And that's what that for me personally, that's what set off that feeling of survival and that feeling of like, oh man, that the walls are closing in. I got to, you know, I got to figure out something quick. Right. And then he, I'm not at that point, I'm not acting as creative as I can be. I'm not acting out of service. I'm acting out of survival. Right. So I gave myself as much breathing room as I could by doing that. And to me, that's like, at the end of the day, I have paid that year. There was no like shortcut for that, but I paid it off a year in advance. So it's like, set it, forget it. You know, we'll see how things, uh, uh, you know, come together by next April. But you know what, at the end of the day, man, like I feel that if you're, if you're fine, if you're, you know, traveling along the path that you're supposed to be on, there's a degree of faith where things will just happen. And it might, I might butt up against it in like, you know, March and then April. I'm like, oh man, I got to like pay all these, you know, these bills again. And I don't have, uh, you know, I I didn't just quit a job. So I don't have this lump sum that I can pay these off. What the hell am I going to do? You know, but I, I, for me, I just, I, that's, 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 that's seven, eight months from now. So who knows what's going to happen in between then. And I have faith in myself, my abilities. And now that was the number one thing for me, Brett. And that was, you know, to your point, just to, that's why we're, you know, we're kind of talking a little bit more about it. Anybody that is thinking about betting on themselves and doing it and taking that step, that is, it's not, it's not about, I made sure that I had everything thought out before. I'll tell you I, I, a quick, quick little story. Um, I graduated uh, my level two in lifted in mid January. and. Uh, yeah, January 10th, somewhere in there. And at that point, that's where I was kind of like, ah, you know, like I'm not the, not really digging the job anymore, but I still got to, you know, I had the mentality. I'm like, I still got to pay my bills though. So I'm just going to make this work and, and all that. And, and Mark, my instructor did such an amazing job of like the climaxing, the graduation call. And he did this, like this, um, this like metaphor video. It's like uh, this crazy dancer guy at like the Sasquatch festival and he's by himself and he's doing all these crazy moves. And you can tell the person that was filming him had their cell phone out to like make fun of him. Right. And it's like two minutes into his dancing, you know, 10 people go over there and they start doing their weird, crazy dancing. And then a minute later, like 50 people go over there. And then after, by the end of the song, like the ground is shaking when the person was holding their cell phone up. Cause there was like hundreds of people going over there and they were all doing that. And oh man, get like choked up talking about it. So Mark cuts it off afterwards and he's tearing up and he's just like, has his like token thing. He's like abracadabra. It's a whole thing. And he's got it. He's like, by the power vested in me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, go, go out and be like the centerpiece of your community. Go hold the rhythm. So basically go be that person, the metaphor, like do your thing, keep doing it. And eventually you're going to find your people or your people are going to find you. And I was just like, as soon as he hung up, I was like, fuck. I'm quitting tomorrow. Like, let's fucking do this. Like, excuse my language. I was jacked though, man. I'm like, I'm done. Like that's, I'm going to quit. I typed up my, uh, my letter of resignation. I had it in my back pocket. And then, you know, then I was like the reality of, of, of everything. I'm like, no, I can't because I got to re I'll have to refinance the house, but it got me enough. Like inspired enough that I, I was like, I can make this work. I can do this. And that's what I needed. And, you know, that was the best thing that could have happened is like going back to that specific store that I had high hopes for that I was going to be able to do another two year stint there and just have this overlap of the two jobs. But it was like, it was not, it was not a good fit. I was not enjoying myself. 
And I was, again, in this heavy justification stage and I was getting paid like maybe half of what I was getting paid before, but it was much more like physical. I felt like I'd taken a huge step backwards into like my old, you know, when I was in my twenties or something like slag and freight and all this, it just wasn't the right fit. And uh, so between that and then what Mark did with the grad call, I was like, let's, let's do this. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do this. I know what this feels like. I've been through the imposter syndrome. And so that's when I brought out my, you know, my finances and just audited everything. What can I, what do I need? What do I, what do I, what are must haves? What can I go without for a while? There's a great quote that Jim Carrey has out there. And he says, if anybody, if you can't live below, you know, your, your living expectations for at least a year or a couple of years uh, in order to like recalibrate, or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, this isn't an exact quote in order to like recalibrate your life for the better, like five years from now, then you should give your head a shake kind of thing. Right. And I was like, man, hundred percent. So, you know, obviously living below my means right now, but that's fine. Like it, I've seen, I've been able to see it coming. So I did little steps in between. I say that to say this, I, you know, I've, I've done some steps in between. And when you get to the finances, that's the most important part. Cause you do not want to be worrying about that. And that is, I, you know, it's a, it's a real thing as much as some people would like to say, uh, money's an illusion or this or that, you know, bills are, bills are not an illusion. Right. So it's, it, it, for me, it's just like, figure out what kind of spender you are, figure out what you must have, figure out what you can pay off in a year. Um, you know, have a little bit of a nest egg. So you psycho psychologically, you, you, you feel comfortable because you have something, uh, you know, in your account. So yeah, it's definitely different things to do that will lessen that fear. You want to get to the fear so you can, you know, fear minimize to the point where you can start converting that into excitement because fear and excitement is, you know, shows up in your body the same way. It's all it's at that point, it's your mindset, right? Fear and fear and excitement are the same physicality. It's just your brain and how you're perceiving it in your brain. So I was able to just get that fear minimized. And now it's, it's, I'd say like 90, 95% excitement. And there's still, it's still fear. Fear's okay though. Fear's okay. I love that, man. And for sure, there's always, I feel like there's always going to be a little bit of fear, no matter what it is, if it's something <laughs> that we're doing that's new. I think it's healthy for us to have that fear, though, because it, it lets us know that we're doing something right. Yeah, definitely. So we're getting kind of towards the end of our time. So I would love if you could share with the listeners what kind of services you offer in your coaching. Like, is it more specific for like newly sober, further along? Like, what kind of things do you do you provide? Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me on the show here. So, uh, yeah. So what I'm doing actually, and I'd like to, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity to put this out there. I'm going to be starting, check out my Instagram account. So that's at uh, recoveryroadmap.me. And I'm going to be doing a, a series of posts leading up to July 1st. So I'm going to be offering a uh, sort of a, a like a beta look at my group. So my group's called Recovery Roadmap, obviously. And I'm going to be doing a dry July challenge. So folks that are either sober curious, if this kind of perks you up and you want to just try to see what 31 day challenge is like, and you've been looking for an excuse to do it, or you're looking for a reason to do it, now is the time. Uh, and having said to you, answer your question, I love working with, you know, with those people in early recovery, early sobriety, uh, because I remember very vividly what that's like. I've been through two, three year plus sober stints. And then I, in between, I went back and attempted moderation, uh, to, uh, to like 0% success rate. So I know at the last 10 years, I've had vast experiences with, you know, sobriety relapses, moderation attempts, starting over 
the whole thing. Uh, so I have a lot of work in that. And I, there's something so satisfying about getting folks through that initial stage. So not necessarily if you're at the stage where you're going through like a recovery clinic and all that, like I, I view my program as the perfect thing after you get released out of, you know, out of like a treatment center. Uh, because, you know, it's like, okay, what do I do with this energy? It's like the sauna effect. I, I was in this protected area, right? And then you're kind of coming out and you're like, okay, well, back to life now. I'm, I'm the guy to, to help you with that, help integrate back into, uh, into uh, you know, what, what your life looks like and what your sober life looks like and keep you on the straight and narrow. Have fun, be active doing it in a very supportive community. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what's coming up dry July. Look, look me up on uh, recoveryroadmap.me If you want to sign up, it's going to be free. Uh, so I have like a 30 day course. It's like an online course that has a bunch of different, um, lessons in it. Just about, uh, it's all about normalizing. I haven't seen, actually seen a course, you know, that's, that's out there for like recovery course or a lesson will be on like, um, relapses, a lesson will be on expectations, managing expectations. There's a lesson on, you know, fill in the blank, right? So everything to do with that. And they're very digestible, you know, anywhere two to five minutes a day. Uh, there's going to be a community. There's going to be encouragement to uh, do a daily check-in on the Facebook page, just kind of come in and just drop into the feels, drop any kind of need for persona, just go, Hey, this is what I'm feeling today. This is what came up for me putting it out there, just uh, commenting on each other's stuff. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super, uh, super excited for it. And I'd love to see you all on there. Um, you know, and we, I, I will be doing one-on-one coaching calls as well. So like getting into that, uh, really addressing like the why, the why behind, you know, why you've been drinking in the first place for those that are ready to, to get into that stage. And then after you get through that energy, replacing that energy of stuck and, and shame and so forth, that's when you start setting goals. You, you, you address the stagnant kind of, um, you know, hidden behaviors I'd really address that and work on that. And then we get into goal setting. Okay, well, what do you want your life to look like now? Because there'll be a nice energy flow at that point. So we get into the goal setting and it's all about, for me, recovery for me is like, it's a few different things. And basically what I'm having the program is what was successful for me. So that was like breath work, sound therapy, uh, like the narrative therapy, which is my style of coaching and community, like uh, the connection with everybody. So those are basically my four pillars of of my own recovery. And then of course the podcast, uh, which is a great way to get yourself out there and get your story out there, which gives you a little bit extra accountability because you've put your story out there. And for me personally, just doing this work puts an extra accountability on myself because I can't, I, I'm just being upfront about it. So that's what it's all about. I, I, I like the term uh, recover out loud. So that's what this is all about. And so that's it, man. Like, it's all about like, you know, the community having fun because yes, it is challenging. Yes. There's feelings that you've been avoiding and they are going to come up and it kind of sucks, but it's so, 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 so much better than continuing to numb them and push them down and just hope they go away. Cause they never go away. They, I shouldn't say that they, they never go away. And if you continue with that line of behavior, this will help them come up, allow them in a safe space to, uh, to heal. And then you're going to uh, trust me. It's, it's like, you'll never look back. It's, it's the greatest thing you could do for yourself and for your family and friends and job and everything else. So, uh, sorry, that was probably a little long-winded, but that's, uh, that's, I'm excited about it. Dry July, uh, recovery roadmap.me, please, uh, yeah, reach out to me. And I'd love to, to hear from you. If even if you want to come on the podcast, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Awesome, man. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out. I appreciate you coming on the show today, sharing with us about the recovery coaching. You got your podcast, you got the new album that, that 
at the time people listening to this just came out. So yes, man, yes. you got a lot of stuff going on for you. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to check some of this stuff out. Just thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thanks, Brett. And uh, thanks to uh, everybody in the audience for listening. Matt, thank you again for coming on the show today. I really do appreciate it. Be sure to check out Matt's new album, Expansion First, on Spotify or Apple Music. Just search Matt W. Gardner. Links for that will be in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.